Once upon a time, and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. This podcast will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. Now, I have two stories for you today, and the first one is by the award-winning international storyteller Robin Beatty. She performs and teaches throughout the United States, Germany, Ireland, and China in a variety of venues. She's also the host of the celebrated monthly storytelling series, the Beatty House Storytelling Concerts, which take place in her home. She loves all stories, particularly true ghost stories told by the person who experienced the presence. So maybe you'll hear one of her ghost stories in October. But for now, we'll hear her tell why the sky is so far away. Why the Sky is So Far Away A long, long time ago, at the beginning of time, the sky and the earth touched each other. They were so close to each other that when people needed anything at all, they would reach up and break off a piece of that blue sky and it would transform into whatever they needed. This had been a gift from the sky god. He saw how hard people worked all the time and he decided to give of himself to make their lives easier. And all he asked in return was, Take what you need, but leave the rest. Life at that time was so easy, so good. Now, if you were hungry, all you had to do was reach up, take off a piece of sky, and it would become whatever it was you wanted to eat. Did you want to eat a fruit? Did you want some stew? Did you want, did you want some bread? There it was. If you needed clothing, you'd reach up, take another piece of sky, and it would become a scarf, a hat, a pair of shoes. If you needed toys, if you needed an instrument, if you wanted a book, whatever you needed, all you had to do was break off a piece of sky. Now, when this first happened, people paid attention to the wishes of the god. They were so grateful, and they took only what they needed. But time went by, and time went by, and time went by, and people forgot about the sky god, and they forgot that this had been a gift. 
and they forgot what they had been told. Take only what you need and leave the rest. They forgot and they took more. They'd reach up and take big pieces of sky and... Well, all they needed was one pair of shoes, but suddenly they have three. Or they were hungry, they'd take a piece of sky for stew, but they had a whole pot extra. More toys, more instruments, more books. They had more than they needed, or could use, or could eat. And what did they do with what was left over? while they threw it on the ground. And soon the surface of the earth was covered with broken pieces of blue sky. One day the sky god looked down. And what did he see? All over the earth were scattered pieces big and small of sky, of himself. It was garbage. It was litter. It was pollution. It was detritus. And the sky god got angry. Thunder rumbled. Lightning struck and struck and struck. The rains came. The sky grew dark and light and dark. The winds blew. And a great voice was heard. People of the earth, I am angry. You have forgotten your promise. I will give you one chance, but one chance only. If you take too much again... I will leave. And then the sky and the sun and the weather, it was all back to how it had been. But now people were afraid. Now they remembered what the sky god had said. And they were careful to take only what they needed and to leave the rest and to use everything they took. Sometime after this, the king had a great feast. It was full of dancing and food and song and story. And afterwards, a man and his wife were walking home. were the type of people, well, no matter what they had, it just wasn't enough. For example, if the wife had five necklaces, she wanted six. If the husband had six shoes, he wanted seven. If the wife had seven dresses, she wanted eight If the husband had eight shirts, he wanted nine. 
If she had nine children, why, she wanted ten. Whatever they had, it just was not enough. They always wanted more. Well, the man and the woman were talking about the wonderful time they'd had at the party, the wonderful stories and the wonderful food and the beautiful songs and that fabulous food. And without thinking or talking to each other, at the same time, both of them reached up with big, wide hands and took hunks, great big hunks of sky to eat. Great big pieces of sky. And they ate 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 and ate. But there was there was so much of it, so much sky. They could not eat it all. And that's when they remembered what the sky god had said. What shall we do, husband? Well, what can we do, wife? Let's ask other people to eat it. So they asked their family. Then they went to their neighbors. They even walked into nearby villages. But all together, they could not finish that big hunk of sky. Well, men, man and wife, they began to scheme. Oh, that sky god, the wife said. Who cares what he says? Or thinks, said the husband. Oh, he can't see us. It's nighttime. Oh, yes, he won't know what we can do. You know, I don't even think I believe in him. Yeah. So they made their plan. They went back behind their home back deep into the woods. They dug a deep, deep, deep hole, and they threw all the pieces of sky that they had not eaten into that hole. They carefully filled the dirt back in and put leaves where it had been. And then they stood up. Thunder rumbled, lightning struck and struck and struck, the rains came, the sky grew dark and light and dark, the winds blew, the hail fell, and a great voice was heard throughout the land. People of the earth, I am angry. Forgotten your promise again. I am leaving. And then the sky and the sun and the moon and everything went back to how it had been. But all over the earth, people trembled. And the next morning, when they 
opened their doors, crept out of their caves, looked from their tents, and they reached up. They felt nothing. Nothing at all. And that is why the sky is so far away. And we, we have to work for everything that we have. Tired of catching Englishmen to make your bread? Fee-fi-fo-fum flour, now made with the finest bones for all your baking needs. Available styles include classic Englishmen, vegan Englishmen, and now gluten-free Englishmen. Fee-fi-fo-fum flour, why would you bake with anyone else? The next story I have for you is by Lynn Ford. She's a fourth-generation, nationally-recognized, award-winning Afrolatchian storyteller, writer, and laughter yoga teacher. She's a happy partner in life, mama, grandmama, great-grandmama, and a good cook. And here she is, with her voice as soothing and as expressive as a spring shower, to tell us a story of fire and rain. Once there was a time when all the elements of earth, sea, and sky lived on the land together in many, many villages. In one village lived a beautiful and wise young woman who helped her family a great deal. She learned to make a cloth so fine that it felt like the wind on anyone's skin, and all the colors blended one into the other a beautiful cloth that made a lot of money in the marketplace. So the young woman became wealthy, and so did her family. Now she reached an age when she felt it was time to find a partner in life. She said to her mother and father, Please make the announcement in all the villages that I am ready to find a husband. The word was sent to all the villages, And when the young men heard that this particular young woman was looking for a husband, they were excited. They spoke to one another, you know, she's a beautiful young woman. Yes, yes, and very, very wise. And you know what? She's rich, too. All the young men of every village, all those who were of age to marry, dressed in their finest clothes, and each one brought a gift to the front door of that girl, a gift for her mother and father, 
for this was the custom. They stood in a long line, waiting for the door to open. Now when the young woman looked out and saw a line of finely dressed young men stretching from her door all the way over the hill beyond the horizon, she didn't know what to do. How am I supposed to choose? There are so many. Well, I must think. First of all, I want a partner in life. Someone who will be a friend to me for all my life, who will accept me and my family as they are. I want someone who will love me for who I am and someone who will be kind. I want someone who will have a brain in his head. I know. I will ask a question. I will set forth a riddle. And if the riddle can be answered correctly, at least I will know that someone has a brain in his head and hopefully all the rest will follow. And so the young woman asked each young man the same question. If a spider should spin her web on the tip of your favorite spear, what would you do? Some young men thought about it and said, A spider on the tip of my favorite spear. I don't like spiders. They're ugly, nasty little creatures. I would smash them and bash them and stomp them and mash them. I would kill that spider. The young woman said, You are too violent to be my husband. Just go away. Some young men thought about the question and said, A spider? Ugh. Spider? I don't like spiders. They're, they're fuzzy little creatures, and they're kind of creepy, and they crawl all over you. And Ooh, I hate spiders. The young woman said, You are too goofy to be my husband. Just go away. And some young men thought about the question and said, Uh... Hmm... <laughs> uh, the young woman said, just go away. Now there were only two young men left at her door. Both of them stood like kings in their fine clothes. One was dressed in robes of red, orange, yellow, and gold. He had golden bracelets on his wrists, golden bracelets around his ankles, a golden round hat upon his head. This one was fire. The other stood in simple silver-gray robes, but he, too, looked like a king. This one was rain. Now the young woman asked the same question of these two. If a spider should spin her web on the tip of your favorite spear, what would you do? Fire said, a spider on the tip of my favorite spear. Well, a spear is just a tool and I have many spears. I would just get another spear for the hunt that day. The young woman thought, Good answer. Rain answered too. A spider on the tip of my favorite spear. Well, if I just hold the spear toward the frame of the door, the spider will crawl away and make her home somewhere else. 
the young woman said again, Good answer. I can't choose between you, she said. I must talk with my mother and father tonight. Come to the marketplace in the morning when the sun begins to rise. My family and I will be there, and we will have another question, some riddle for you. And then I will choose. So fire and rain both walked away to their villages, and the young woman talked with her mother and father that night. Now in the morning, as the sun began to rise, people were waiting in the marketplace to see what would happen. There stood that young woman with her mother and father, her sisters and brothers giggling and running around nearby, and along came fire, and along came rain. The young woman said, My father will choose who will go first in this competition, but this is what you must do. This is how you will answer. This is how I will choose my partner in life. You must show me how you will use all the power that you carry inside your heart. Well, before her father could choose the one who would go first in this competition, Fire stepped forward and said, This is no competition at all. I will win, for I am Fire. When no one praised him, when no one cheered, Fire turned to the crowd that had gathered and said, Apparently you do not understand how powerful I am. You should be cheering for me, for I am fire. And he snapped his fingers, and his hands burst into flames. People in the crowd said, Ooh, fire. Fire said, I am not finished yet. You should see the things that I can do. And he waved his arms and his whole body burst into a ball of flame. The people gathered said, Ooh, hooray for fire. Fire said, Ah, I'm not finished yet. He began to walk from the marketplace through the village, and wherever he stepped upon a tuft of grass, the grass burst into flames. Fire said, See what I can do? I am fire. People said, uh, yay, fire? Fire said, I'm not finished yet. Watch this. He leaped to the rooftops and began to dance, and as he danced, all the rooftops burst into flames. People yelled, no, no, fire! I'm not finished yet, said fire. I'm going to jump down from your rooftops and run through your fields. I will set all the grain ablaze. Then I will run into the forest and set the trees on fire, and I will burn away all those things that you would hunt, for I am fire. But no one praised, no one shouted. All the people were running to the river. They were carrying pots and bowls, anything that they could find in which to carry water and put out the fires that were burning down their homes. The young woman was weeping as she ran to the river. This was not what she had expected. She was so sorry for what was happening. As she filled pots and bowls with water, Fire looked around to see what Rain was doing. Rain was staring at him. A sad look 
upon his face. Then rain sank down and became a puddle. Fire said, huh, look at that. I scared him so badly he's now a puddle on the ground. I am fire. That puddle seemed to disappear. And fire grinned, see, he was so afraid of me, he had to leave. He just disappeared, for I am fire. But that wasn't what had happened. No, rain had evaporated, risen into the sky, and there he began to walk, looking down at all that burned. As rain walked, his silver-gray robes billowed behind him and became clouds of deep, dark gray, darkest blue, deepest black. And as Rain looked down at all that fire had damaged, he stumped his feet and the thunder rumbled. As he looked at all the homes that were burning, Rain clapped his fists together and the lightning flashed. Then Rain used all the power that he carried inside his heart. Rain began to weep, and the weeping turned into raindrops that soon became a rainstorm that put out all the fires. Well, there stood fire. He figured he had won the competition, for rain seemed to have disappeared. But fire was now soaking wet from head to toe, and he had melted the golden bracelets and anklets. He'd lost that hat upon his head, and his robes were soaked and hanging drenched. (laughs) But fire looked around for the young woman, and he could not see her anywhere. He looked around, he looked down and up, and found her walking across the sky with the young man she had chosen for her partner in life, one who had used all the power inside his heart to help others. They say to this very day that you still see rain walk across the sky. And when he looks down at the way we have treated one another, sometimes his silver-gray robes billow and form the storm clouds deepest blue, darkest black. When he sees the way we treat one another, sometimes he stomps his feet and the thunder rumbles. He claps his fists and the lightning flashes, and then he weeps for all the sorrows that we cause for one another. But when rain passes, we see at times the young woman who is his partner in life. She walks along in a cloth that no one else can make, so soft it is like the wind upon your skin, and all the colors of her fine cloth blend one into the other. We call her the rainbow, and that is how the rainbow came to be in the sky.
Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show notes and more information about the storytellers you heard today can be found at storystorypodcast.com forward slash episode four. Share the love. Find Lynn and Robin on Facebook and tell them you heard them and want to hear them tell more stories. In fact, if you loved hearing Lynn and would like to learn from her in person, she will be giving a masterclass at the National Storytelling Conference in Kansas City on July 21st. Go look it up. Did you like what you were hearing? Would you like a little bit more? As a supporter of the podcast, you could get an extra story per podcast and behind-the-scenes news and bloopers. You can become a monthly sponsor for as little as $4 through Patreon that will help keep the stories coming. Or you're welcome to do a one-time donation. Both options are found at thestorystorypodcast.com and will help the podcast grow from a wee sprout to a worldwide audience. If you would like to stay connected or offer feedback, you can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or join the mailing list. You can leave a rating and a comment on iTunes or however else you listen to your podcasts. Let us know your favorite story that you heard on the podcast or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. The next podcast will be in two weeks, and I hope you'll join me. And until then, live happily ever after.